at uh, 7.05. I feel like I got a lot of beard for a Sunday morning here, Leo. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's it's the evening. It's 7 o'clock. It's all very confusing. It now. all is very. We're in an upside down. We're, and space is behind the board. I, I, I don't even know where I am. Are we going to still talk about employment? I law? think we will. The okay. employment hour. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, normally, we have been, Leor and I, you and I, doing this for about two years uh, on the weekend. But we decided, you know, we got to inform more people during the week. So we're going to start doing this right now, 7 o'clock. Uh, on your Wednesday, the employment hour. So uh, here's the deal. You want to get hold of Lior anytime. I'll give you his details. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And his number outside the show is one 855 5900 and of course we'd love to hear from you uh 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale so let's just talk about uh, again i know we've done this two years ago but who we are what we do and all that that's right john thank you and uh, welcome to all our listeners happy to be here on wednesday nights now 7 p.m and this is a show about employment law we're here to answer your questions about workplace rights uh workplace obligations anything to do with employment and work uh, now, if you think about it, John, you know, we all work, we all have jobs. We spend more time at work than we do at home with our family and, and, and our friends. So knowing our rights in the workplace is actually a very important thing because we spend so much time at work. And we're here to tell the truth. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about workplace rights uh, in terms of, you know, what you're owed in certain mm-hmm. situations. Can your employer do this? Can your employer not do this? So that's what we're here to do. Uh, we want to tell people the truth, and we want to tell people exactly what they need to know. I believe in informing people. I believe in people knowing what their rights are. And uh, this is the place. This is the only place we, we come uh, do this now. We're going to do this every week. And uh, some of the topics, John, we're going to cover on this show, anything ranging from uh, termination of employment to layoff and severance, uh, constructive dismissal, human rights issues, uh, workplace harassment, disability, leaves of absence, workplace uh, overtime and employment agreements. You name it, we're going to cover it, and we're going to start right now. There's got to be this this particular facet of people's lives, their employment. There's got to be more misinformation out there about this. The stuff you think you know, trust me, you do not know. You do not know. And let me start off uh, our show here on Wednesday by, by telling you a story, a call that I got this week that I think emphasizes why it's important that we have a show like this. Uh, I got a call this week from uh, a lady that had worked for a small company, about 10 employees, for uh, just over nine years. And she was let go because the employer has decided to reassign her duties mm-hmm. and, and restructure. And the employer told her, we're going to pay you eight weeks pay. Well, what she did is what a lot of people do. She called the Ministry of Labor. And she told them her situation. I've worked for nine years. They let me go. Small company. Eight weeks of pay. Tell me if that's good. And guess what? She was told, yeah, that's good. Uh, you, don't, you don't get any more. Luckily, she heard our radio show on the weekend. Mm-hmm. She called me. And not only is eight weeks not good for her, John, she was owed close to 12 months of compensation. You heard that correctly, months, not weeks. Now, why did that happen? Why does the government tell her eight weeks? Because the Ministry Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum termination entitlements. We're going to talk a lot more about that. That is not your full entitlements. In fact, it's a fraction of your full entitlements. So when I assess someone's entitlements, I look at a few factors. We'll go over that. And, pr- and I can provide someone an analysis of what they're actually owed. So for her, for making that call, she found out that instead of eight weeks pay, she's owed 12 months pay. Right. And guess what? She was very worried about being able to find another job. She was worried about how is she going to uh, feed her family because she's going to have no more income in eight weeks. Now she knows we're going to get her 12 months compensation. It buys her that time to find another job. And believe me, John, this is not a unique situation. There are a lot of our listeners out there that are exactly in that same boat. I speak with people like that myself 
every day. And we're here to make sure that that never happens to anyone again. And you're going to expand on this uh, now, tonight, the next year, two years from now. Two things, if you take away from this show, and I know you'll reiterate this time and time again, is do not call the Ministry of Labor when it comes to asking how much severance you should get because you're going to get misinformation. You will explain why. Right. And it's not a week per year. It's not a two weeks per year. And I know everybody listening, if you, if you don't follow us on Saturday and Sunday, you're new to the party, you're going, what? My buddy tells me it's a week per year. That's all I get, or two weeks per year. That's what everybody thinks. Right? It's it's not even close to that, John. That is completely wrong. It's one of the misconceptions we talked about. For the vast majority of people, I'm talking 99% of the people, they're going to be owed a lot more than a week per year, two weeks per year. And we'll talk more after the break about how we calculate that and why that is. But the message here is very, very clear. Don't get your legal advice on some sort of a website or even from the government. <laughs> you need to get some proper legal advice from an employment lawyer. Uh, you know, we've created the severance calculator, which we'll talk about later on the show, that allows you to get that information. And, and we're here to help. And we'll take a quick break. We'd love to talk to you. If you've called us on the weekend show, you want to say hi, you got a question that was not answered on the weekend, or if you're brand new and you have severance questions, I know you got a ton. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour on a Wednesday night. Live, just getting started on Talk Radio, AM 640. At 714 on your Wednesday, yes, we are live here, AM 640, Employment Hour, the uh, the main voyage of the evening show, which you normally done for the weekend for the past two years. As always, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Your calls have priority. And first one out of the gate, Marco. Hi, Marco. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. Okay, you got a question for Leora. Yeah, um, I've been employed with the company for about 20 years. In 2008, uh, we were taking over, you know, maintaining my seniority. But they had to sign an employment contract that should I be let go, they'd pay me uh, three weeks for every year of service. Right. And I'm just wondering, is that something that could be challenged should they uh, let me go? I'm, I'm like, I'm, There's no threat of that or, or thing. I'm just kind of curious about what my options are should something come, come about. Excellent question, Marco. Thank you for calling. The, the answer is absolutely it can be challenged. There, there's a number of ways that a, term, a termination provision, what you described there is what I call termination provision, can be challenged uh, b- based on how it's drafted, based on the circumstances that brought that in. Uh, in fact, I would say that the majority of termination provisions can be successfully challenged. Now, to tell you specifically if I can challenge yours, if yours is one that we could get out of, I would actually have to see it and find out a bit more about the takeover that happened back in 2008, etc. But the odds are that we absolutely can do that. My advice to you is contact me off air if you want. Send me a copy of the agreement. Happy to look at, uh, at it. And I can also advise you at that time specifically how much you'd be owed in the event, hopefully not, but in the event that in the future you're let go. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That number is one 821 Marco, one 821 Got uh, Mohammed. Hi, Mohammed. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no worries. Go ahead. All right. So my question to you uh, is that I've been working with a uh, rather small company, about uh, 50 employees, and um, I've been working there for about five years. Uh, The company itself is not doing uh, uh, well as it used to be before. So my question to you is that uh, should the company go belly up uh, and default for bankruptcy, on my own, any servants? Do I qualify for anything at all? So, you know, the worst thing that can happen to an employee from the perspective of getting severance mm-hmm. is a company going bankrupt. Because if a company does actually go bankrupt, then you're going to be lined up with other creditors, and the chances of you actually getting severance are very, very small. However, the fact that the company may decide to shut its doors does not mean that it goes bankrupt. That's a very different thing because a company may have certain assets. You know, it may own property, equipment, 
It may have accounts receivable. So a company can shut down, which happens all the time, and still be able to and have to pay you severance. So it's a question of did they shut down, did they stop operating, or did they also declare bankruptcy? So bankruptcy, unfortunately, not much you could do. Anything other than formal bankruptcy, you'd be owed your full severance uh, no matter what. So, you know, the best advice I can give you is if your, your concerns turn out to be right and the company does go belly up, give me a call uh, and let me see if there's anything that can be done in your matter. Hi, uh, AM640. Who's this? Hello. Hi there. Hi. Well, I didn't catch your name. What's your name? Adrian. Hey, Adrian. How are you? I wasn't on my call screen. Uh, well, how can we help you? Hey, I've, I've just got a little situation right now I'm in, and uh, I've got 30 years in a company. They, I think it's constructive dismissal. I had a position I took on two years ago, and uh, they want to dissolve that position and move me back down to a lower position. They actually want to cut my wages and um, lower my band level and things like this. But uh, I felt that uh, what they're trying to do is push me out. And I said, well, you're affecting my pension. Of course, I'm close to about five years from pension. And I said, what you're doing is you're affecting my pension. Um, anyways, I feel that I'm being kind of pushed out here. Right. And, you know, thank you very much for, for calling. And the words that you use there, constructive dismissal, for anyone that doesn't know, a constructive dismissal happens when an employer cha- uh, tries to impose significant changes to the terms of employment. So, Adrian, what, does that, what that means for you is if they really uh, are insisting on you taking on a lower role, lower pay, that is not the type of change that you're uh, required to accept, which means if they do uh, make a change like that, you have an option. First option is you can accept it even though you're not happy about it. That's your right. The second option is to say, no, I am not going to accept that. I'm going to treat my employment as being terminated and require the company to pay me severance. And for you, Adrian, after 30 years, that could easily be as much as two years pay, which would include, by the way, pension contributions and participation in the pension plan for that two years, which is a good thing. So you have options. If they insist on that, it's your decision, but you absolutely are not required to accept a change like the one you've described. Adrian, appreciate the call. Let me ask you something, though. If he does accept that change and six months from now they let him go anyway, how does that affect his severance? Well, in a big way. So let's say for argument's sake he's making $100,000 now, and he accepts a change in the reduction of pay to $75,000. Okay. Six months from now he's, he gets let go. Well, now his severance is being calculated on the basis of $75,000. Massive change. So if he gets two years' pay, he just lost $50,000 because he took that pay cut. That's why if your employer wants to reduce your pay, you really got to think long and hard whether you're going to allow that to happen or whether you're going to treat that as a constructive dismissal. The last thing I'll say, though, John, if someone wants to, to resign because of a constructive dismissal, never, ever do that before you speak to me first. Take a short break. Want to get into some of the, uh, the bread and butter, the basics of severance and termination. You want to give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. And again, Lior's number is one 821 5900 And Lior at com. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio. AM 640. Yeah, call that number indeed. We'd love to talk about you. If the first time hearing the show, again, this is the first one on a Wednesday night, which we'll be carrying on from now on. We've been doing this for about two years on the weekend, so we uh, can answer, or at least Lior can answer any questions you have. If you're new to the whole severance thing, that's what we talk about on the show, severance and cause, without cause, when you should be let go, how you should be let go. If you have a question, uh, please give us a call at the number, and uh, we'll talk about that. We're also going to get into some uh, some basics and brass tacks of termination and uh, all that stuff under the severance umbrella. First of all, we'll talk to uh, Dan. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the show. Hello, Dan. Good, pal. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Um, so basically, my question was regarding my summer student employment. 
Um, I've been an employee at this uh, place for about the last nine months, since about last September, actually. Um, I took a hiatus for second semester, and I returned full-time around 50 hours a week. Uh, the last week that has just passed, I was told, well, you know, you can get a call on Saturday to see if we need you. Um, it kind of had the farewell sign to it. I was just wondering, what are my rights? If I'm terminated, am I in severance for the last nine months? Yeah, so you would you would be considered a nine month employee, and and Dan, how old are you? I'm 25. And what kind of job? What were you doing there? I was a boom truck operator, a full time student right now at a local college. So if as a result of what you know what's happened, they decide they don't need you, then they would owe you around two to three weeks pay. And you know the reason for you it's lower is because you're you know you're a young guy and you've been there for nine months. We would expect you'd be able to find other employment, so you would be owed two to three weeks pay. Uh, if that were to happen, uh, and those would be your entitlements. That number would be greater if he was 56 years old. Yeah, so, so if we were talking with Dan, the same situation, but he was 55, not uh, 25, he could easily be owed three to four months of right. pay instead of two to three weeks' pay because it's assumed that a 55-year-old may take longer to find another job than a 25-year-old. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, well, how about this? Uh, I mentioned getting back to basics. The difference between uh, termination with, without cause. Yeah, so, you know, that's probably the most basic thing that we can talk about here. And for the, the listeners that are out there that haven't heard our weekend show, we really need to discuss that. So there's two ways employment can be terminated, John. A termination with cause or for cause can only happen if an employee is guilty of very significant misconduct, if that misconduct is repeated, and if the company has done everything it could do to rectify that misconduct, but they failed. So at some point, the company is going to put up its hands and say, what more can we do with this bad employee? We're going to let them go for cause. Now, if the company can establish all those things that I've just described, that it was bad misconduct, etc., they can let the employee go without severance, without compensation. It is extremely difficult to terminate for cause. Uh, most employers pull the trigger way before they should. You need to show the bad conduct, that you've tried to provide warnings and suspensions. So to terminate someone for cause without severance is very difficult. Because it's so difficult, most terminations fall in the second category, which is a termination without cause. A termination without cause can happen at any time and pretty much for any reason the employer's only obligation is to pay severance, compensation. So whenever we're talking about a termination without cause, i.e. a termination with severance, the reason usually doesn't matter, performance doesn't matter, the company is allowed to let go of a good employee and a senior employee as long as they pay proper severance. So our job would then become to decide what is proper severance for the person. So that really is the difference between with cause and, and uh, without cause, and most terminations are without cause. So let's get this straight just, just to clear this up for anybody who hasn't caught the show before. Termination without cause. My boss can come to me tomorrow and say, John, I'm letting you go because you drive a red car. Right. And, and, and they can do that. They can do that. And but, most people that call me, John, are very upset because they, they were let go and they feel that they shouldn't have let go, been let go. They have done nothing wrong. But ultimately, ultimately, as long as they're getting paid severance, proper, full severance, mm-hmm. that is legal. Unfortunately, John, in most cases, employees don't get their full severance. And in fact, in many cases, they're offered a fraction of what they're actually owed. That's what makes it a wrongful dismissal. So you mentioned proper severance. How do I determine what proper severance is? Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm listening. I'm going, yeah, it's two weeks per year, a week per year. That's, that's what people say. Right. And, and people say that all the time. You may go online and on some government website and realize that's what it says. 
That is wrong. So let's set the record straight. Let's talk about exactly what severance is and how it's calculated. The amount of severance that someone is owed when they lose their job is based on three main factors. The length of your employment, your age, and the type of job that you have. So generally speaking, the longer you work, the older you are, the more senior a position you have, the more severance is owed to you. So because of that, no two cases are alike because you and I may be different ages and have different lengths of employment. So I may be owed six weeks for every year of service. You may be owed two months for every year of service. Right. Now, because it's for the, the layperson doesn't necessarily know, well, because of my age, should I be getting six months pay or 12 months pay? We created the severance calculator, mm -hmm. which is available for free, very easy to use, severancepaycalculator.com. You go there and you input three pieces of information, how long you worked, how old you are, and the type of job. It's just a drop-down menu. And it's going to tell you in weeks and months how much severance you're actually owed. Let me say this as a general rule. Short-service employees, employees with five-year seniority or less, are treated disproportionately better than longer-service employees. So you may have an employee that's worked for a company for a year in a senior position. Maybe he's 50 years old, and he could be owed six months' pay after only a year's of employment. So it's not a week per year. It's not it. two weeks per year. We'll take a quick call before we uh, take a break here. We have Ann in Newmarket. Hi, Ann. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Okay. What's your question for Lior? I was just wondering, I'm self-employed. I've been there for 15 years. And if I got let go, could I expect to get any severance pay? So as I understand it, if, if I understand correctly, Ann, you work for a company, but as an independent contractor. Yes. And you've been doing that for 15 years? Yes. And you work only for them? Yes. Okay. So guess what? In the eyes of the law, Ann, and everyone else listening, you are considered an employee. What you may call yourself uh, for tax purposes or what, what the company may call you is actually not that important. Uh, you know, if, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And in your case, because you work for the company exclusively for 15 years, you're an employee in the eyes of the law, which means if they let you go tomorrow, they would owe you the exact same amount that they would owe any employee. And, uh, and so to give you an assessment of how much you'd be owed, approximately how old are you? I'm 57 now. And what kind of job? What do you do generally? Um, I'm an uh, office administrator. So you'd be owed easily a year's pay, potentially as much as 15 months' pay. That's what they would owe you because in the eyes of the law, you're an employee. So if that happens, and if they let you go, please call me. Uh, we certainly would need to discuss it. And that number, 416-216-5900. That's Lior's direct number, 416-216-5900. We'll take a short break. Love to get you on the air as well. And that is 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour continues on Talk Radio AM 640. 7.35 on your Wednesday evening here for the uh, first of the evening shows of the Employment Hour to carry on from this. And, of course, we're on the weekend as well. And if you're a little bashful to call in tonight, we'd love to hear from you regardless. But if not, outside of show hours, 416-216-5900 is Lior's number. And Lior, that's L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. We'll get over to uh, Joe in Toronto. Joe, thank you for calling in. What's your question? Hi guys, thanks for taking my call. Just a couple of questions. So the first question, um, I, I was, I did receive a severance package uh, about a year ago. I just want to see if I was actually owed what I was supposed to be owed. Um, sure. at, at the time, I was 45 years old. I was with the company for about four and a half years. Um, the position I have is uh, basically in, in senior management for marketing, uh, not at a director level. But um, what would I, or what should I have been entitled to? And give me a sense, what was your salary? Uh, so just over over six figures, call it 110000 Okay, and were there bonuses, uh, other components of compensation? 
Yeah, about 15%, sorry, 10% bonus a year. So you you would have been on right around eight months of compensation, eight to nine months of compensation, which means your salary, your bonus, your benefits, all components of your compensation. Is that along the lines of what you got? Um, yeah, I, well, I ended up getting about seven, so okay. Uh, okay. It, it, it originally started with, with four. Yeah, um, no, that would be completely inappropriate. Okay, and then I, I guess the uh, the next question I have is some places where um, you know you sign a contract with your new employer, they'll actually specify, you know, hey, if if we let you go, say in the first year, you know, you're entitled to two months, and after two years, you're entitled to three months. Is that binding if you end up signing that? Because a lot of places now, like they won't remove that uh, in their contract. So. Yeah. How does that work? And, and, you know, you give an example that says after a year you get two months. A lot of contracts are going to be even more restrictive than that. They're going to say you're only going to get a week's pay for every year that you worked. Now, as to whether or not that's binding or not, it's a question of whether or not it's enforceable. Depending on how it's drafted, there may be ways to get around these provisions. So, you know, each case is different. So if you ever sign an agreement like that and you're not sure if it's binding or not, give me a call. If I look at it, I'll be able to tell you in 30 seconds if it's binding, if it's enforceable. Every agreement is different. What if you're, uh, you're in negotiations, like, like you said, you know, you're, you're going back and forth for a contract and you actually start work before you actually sign. Like the gig's already started, then three days, a week later, you, you get around to it, you guys come to an agreement and you sign the contract. What happens then? You've done this before, John. Maybe once or <laughs> twice in two years. So the answer is, is very important, actually, because if you have an agreement that you don't sign before you start working, so you started working and then you sign an agreement, arguably that agreement is not enforceable. For an employment agreement to be enforceable, generally you have to sign it before you start working unless you've received something in return for signing it. So if you're already working and the employer has you sign an agreement, you have to get something in exchange for that, a signing bonus, a pay increase. they got to throw you a bone. Throw you a a bone, (laughs) anything other than a bone. (laughs) And if you get that, then it's enforceable. In many cases, it's not. And not, not being enforceable could actually be a good thing because if you sign an employment agreement that limits your severance, if that agreement is not enforceable, that's good. That could mean tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sales number. Got Mark in Newmarket. Good evening, uh, Mark. How are you? Very good, thank you. And uh, thank you for doing this show. It's uh, very informative. Thanks, man. Just getting started. Go ahead. Um, I, you kind of stole my my thunder with the last uh, <laughs> call because um, <laughs> basically I wanted to know. I'm calling for a friend of mine who'd been with the company for twenty years, and he is already. Uh, got his severance. I believe he's already done the, the two, two, uh, two months uh, out of the three that he's been told that he's earned or, or entitled to. Uh, I just want to know if I go back and talk to him, can I, is there an appeal process or something that he can do or is it just too late? Right. So generally speaking, Mark, once you sign off on the severance letter, it's too late to go back. A standard right. severance letter is going to include a release. A release is a document that says that once you've accepted it, can't change your mind, can't go after the company for anything else. That is why it's so important, so important to get some legal advice before ever accepting a severance package. So in this situation, again, it's very, very likely that there's nothing your friend can do. Uh, and I don't know what he was offered. Hopefully he was offered a good package because he probably cannot go back. I want to talk about receiving that severance package on the day you walk into the HR office. We'll do that after the break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Lior at employmenthour.com. And when the show is over anytime, it's 416-216-5900, the Employment Hour on Talk Radio. 
AM 640. Yeah, we are live for uh, this Wednesday at 744. Give us a call. Lior will answer your questions about severance or termination. Uh, before uh, the break, we talked about someone and, and you know, getting that severance package is, uh, is a scary thing. You get up to HR and you look at the package quickly and they usually say something along the lines of, okay, you know, go home, have a look at it, but uh, we need to have it signed and back to us, you know, Friday at 5, you know, and everyone panics. They either talk to a friend or, or, or phone you and say, Lior, I've got a day. What do I do? I have Friday at 5. I've got to get this thing signed. I'm well, done. Exactly, John. So every single severance package is going to have a deadline on mm. it. You know, usually it's a Friday. So when do you think the busiest time in my office is, John? Probably on a Friday. Well, you know, on a Friday <laughs> or even on a Thursday because people are calling me saying, Lior, my, my package expires tomorrow. I got to talk to you. So what I tell these people is what I'm going to tell our listeners right now. Do not worry about the deadline. Your legal rights do not expire Friday at 5. Your legal rights are what they are. Either you're owed something or you're not owed something. And if you're owed something, you have two years to pursue it. So forget about Friday. You have two years to pursue your wow. legal entitlements. That deadline is really a pressure tactic. It's not something that has any meaning. So much more important than that is to take your time to understand what you've been offered, to get that legal advice. And if it means you cannot answer by Friday at 5, so be it. It's fine. Nothing happens on Friday. Nothing disappears. So, uh, in fact, because of most packages are, in fact, inadequate, so they're saying, we're going to offer you a lot less than your owed, but you better accept by Friday at 5. That's okay. We got uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Tommy in Parkdale. How are you, Tom? Yes, hi. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. What's your question? Uh, I was working for a pizza company as a delivery driver for one year. It was a part-time job, yep. and uh, I was paid less than minimum wage, 9 bucks. And when he let me go a month ago, he said he didn't owe me any money. I asked huh. for the $2 difference between $11 minimum wage and the uh, 9 bucks he was actually paying me. Now... Tom, was he paying you uh, under the table or legitimately? No, he was paying me cash every Monday Okay. at the end of the week. So, you know, there's no question that's, that's illegal. I mean, he obviously has to pay you at least minimum wage, and if he's going to end the relationship with you, he's going to owe you severance. There's no question about that. The problem is because you were getting, you know, quote-unquote money under the, the table, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to pursue this when you're not actually getting paid legally. You don't want to... Pursue legal action maybe when you're telling the government you're not actually earning money. So as a practical matter, does he owe you? Yes. But can you or should you do something about it? I'm not going to be able to recommend that. No. Just because he can get in trouble with the CRA Just and everything Just because else, it right? can open a can of worms and right. it's not a good idea. You mentioned a little uh, pizza place like that, or if I'm working for, for Royal Bank, does the size of the employer of the company matter when it comes to severance obligations? Yeah, and that's another misconception, uh, John, that you know, if you work for a small company, maybe you don't get severance or maybe little severance. So, so let's set the record straight. The size of the company is not a factor. Whether you work for a small company uh, with three employees or a company with 3,000 employees, your severance is going to be the same. Now, your minimum entitlements may be different, but who cares about that? Your full entitlements are going to be exactly the same based on your age, position, and length of employment. So don't ever believe when someone says, no, no, we, the employer, do not have to pay you severance because we're a small company. Wrong, false. It will be the, exactly the same amount of severance if you were working for the ba- Royal Bank of Canada. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Joel, welcome to the program. How are you? You got a question? Yeah, question for Lior. Lior, how long should it take to solve a case if, uh, you know, you've been back and forth and they've been accusing a person of something and there's been no signature confidential agreement? How long should it usually take? 
to solve something like that. So you're talking, Joel, about a situation where you, you, the job has ended, you lost your job, and you, now you're negotiating the separation terms? Right. Yeah. It's been, I've been gone since, uh, I don't know, the end of June. Well, yeah, no, that's way, way, way too long. Most cases, uh, again, and every case is different, and I don't know all the specifics yeah. of your case, but in most cases, these matters are fairly simple to resolve, Joel, and right. a negotiation should be a couple of weeks, you know, maybe three weeks, not longer than that. Uh, you know, we would make an offer, the company would respond, and we'd go back yeah. and forth. And the reason why I say that it shouldn't be longer than that, because if right. I see that I can't negotiate a deal within a couple of weeks, I'm not going to beat my head against the wall. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start a claim for wrongful dismissal at that point and force the company to deal with us in good faith because a negotiation should be done in good faith, shouldn't take months to resolve. So if you're in a situation like that, yeah. uh, perhaps it's a good idea to give me a call off air so I can find out more and see if I can help you. That number, 416-216-5900. 416-216-5900, by the way, is Lior's number outside of show hours. We'll take uh, one more here before we take a quick break at uh, Priya in Scarborough. Hi, good evening. Hi, how are you? Excellent. I have a question for Lior. Go ahead. Uh, yes, um, I started recently working for a doctor's office um, as a medical receptionist and uh, lab tech. Uh, during the interview, I uh, didn't tell me that I'd have to do janitorial services or any of that. Uh, never gave me any formal training when I started working there. It was just screaming at me for not doing certain things, which I didn't know about. And like I tried to deal with it, but I got fed up of it and I left. So I was just wondering, like, is there any advice that you could give me regarding that? And Priya, how long did you work there for? It was only for like a week. <laughs> so here's the thing. I mean, uh, because of the, of the very short length of your employment, there's not going to be much that can be done, practically speaking. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the lesson generally, though, is an employer certainly can't impose these types of obligations unless it's directly part of your job. So if you're hired as a medical receptionist, they yeah. cannot make you be a janitor. And if they do and you resign... That's a constructive dismissal, and you'd be owed severance. The problem is because you only work for a week, uh, any severance you'd get would be, unfortunately, so minimal that it's probably not going to be worth pursuing. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Want to give us a call? We'll take a quick break. The email is leor at employmenthour.com. We'll continue right up until 8 o'clock on Talk Radio AM 640. Last few minutes here, you want to give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll bounce right over to uh, Terry. Uh, Terry, thanks for waiting. I have a question for Lior. Shoot. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. No it's, it's in regards to my daughter. I t tried to get a hold of her, but I couldn't get her. But the circumstances are she was off on maternity leave, and six weeks prior to her mat leave expiring, her position was terminated. After the mat leave uh, period was up, they recreated the position again. Wow. Uh, now, I don't, uh, I certainly can't say the name of sure. anybody or anything on the yep. air, but I'm just wondering uh, what position she may be in and uh, what course she could take. Absolutely, Terry, and I appreciate the call, and I, I certainly think that uh, she, she does need to give me a call, but, but here's generally what I'm going to say. Uh, if if she's let go uh, when she comes back from mat leave, that's oh, already okay. a, a, a... Excuse me? Yeah. Excuse me. She was still on mat leave, and she went right. in to talk to her boss while she was on mat leave about her return date, and that's when he told her yes. your position has been terminated. Okay. So that's already a red flag because an employer has an obligation under both the Human Rights Code and the Employment Standards Act to take an employee back when they come back from mat leave. Now, 
if the reason has the reason that the employees let go has absolutely nothing to do with the pregnancy, there may be a way to let the person go. The problem here, as you've said, Terry, is that yes, they, they eliminated quote unquote the position, but then they recreated it again a few weeks later. So it does make it seem that the uh, termination had something to do with the maternity leave. That's illegal, irrespective of what severance they paid her or didn't pay her. That is absolutely illegal. It's a human rights violation. Uh, so my hope is that she didn't sign anything in favor no, of the company. No, she, no, she hasn't. She and hasn't how long did she work anything. there, Terry? Pardon me? How long did she work there? Uh, just, I believe it was just over two years. So she's going to be out several months' pay, somewhere between four to five to six months' pay. Potentially there's human rights issues, Terry. So she, have her give me a call. Let me talk to her, find out more, and, and be able to help her uh, through this. Terry, that number, very important, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's direct number, 416-216-5900. Got uh, Tom on the road. How are you, Tom? Not too bad. How are you? Good, sir. Well, you got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's uh, something that happened to me. It's actually quite a few years ago now, so it, it's beyond the two-year timeline. But uh, just a question. Uh, I'm an electrician. I worked in both the construction industry and uh, uh, industrial maintenance, and this uh, pertains to a time when I was working in maintenance. I was working in a factory, hired as an electrician, and uh, over a period of time while I was there, I kept having uh, additional duties sort of pushed upon me that were, uh, at least in my opinion, out of the scope of an electrician's job. Um, I was asked to be uh, do engineering duties at different times. I was asked to do mechanical duties. Uh, I was asked to do uh, plumbing repairs. I was asked to do janitorial services. So where's uh, where's the beef, Tom? What um, happened? Well, well, I just uh, I didn't really. Uh, eventually, I got really fed up with having all these things pushed upon me that that uh, I didn't think were part of my job description. Okay. And, and eventually, I went into the HR office and said, you know what, I've had enough. Uh, you hired me as an electrician. I'm more than willing to do that work, but I'm not going to do any of this other stuff. And uh, very promptly afterwards, I was uh, dismissed for insubordination. Yeah, okay. so that is not insubordination. You had every right to do that. What they did was illegal. It would have been a constructive dismissal. So my hope is that you were able to pursue it. You said it's been more than two years. And get your full entitlements because you absolutely would have been owed your full termination entitlements. So we'll get the uh, last couple minutes here, my friend. Give me something about uh, severance pay calculator. We've talked about it a few times tonight. That's right. So, you know, the main question always is, how much am I owed? And, and I get that every day, and I wanted to make it easy for people to get that information. So just over two years ago, I created the severance calculator. And back when it came out, many newspapers, Toronto Star, Global Mail, did articles about it, yep. talked about the severance calculator. It's the only thing of its kind out there. So it tells people the truth. It calculates how much severance you should be getting. So you input your name, uh, sorry, no, you don't input your name, you input the length of your employment, your age and your position. You don't have to put any identifying information, and it's going to tell you how many weeks or months pay you're owed if your position is terminated. So if you're let go and you're, you have a severance offer and you want to know, wait a second, they've offered me three months pay. Is that good enough? Go to severancepaycalculator.com, use it, and it's going to tell you how many months you're owed. And maybe you're not, uh, you haven't been let go. You just want to know. You sure. always wondered what would happen if they ever let me go. Well, guess what? SeverancePayCalculator.com. You can use that or you can download the app for iPhone, iPad, and Android. And it also has a neat feature if you want. You can actually contact me if you want to directly from that uh, Severance Calculator. So really, I do encourage everyone, if you're ever in that situation, tell your friends if they lost their job, your family, SeverancePayCalculator.com. It's a great tool. 
We'll wrap it up for uh, the first of their Wednesday night shows. We'll be back next Wednesday. And, of course, we're on the weekend as well here. This has been the Employment Hour. Again, if you need to get a hold of Lior now, the show is over. 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640.